On episode 80 of the new 8 Days of Geek podcast, Bethesda swings its banhammer, CW goes super clean, and no porn with your mocha. Stay tuned. to another episode of the new eight days a geek podcast i'm your host jesse miller and joining me as always the man who's given her all she's got and cannot give her anymore sean scott i don't even know where that came from it didn't come from anything what was that what was that a reference to we didn't talk about anything we said like five words you were just just making shit up well i actually on, on my news feed i saw an entry for a blended scotch that was called montgomery scott Blended scotch. Yeah, I saw that this week as well. That was the only thing I was going off of because, like I said, we said five words to each other because it's morning, we're tired, and it sounds like both of us are kind of almost sick. So, a sorry for that. Anyway, let's see here. So, the blurbs, you are responsible for both of these. Just two quick TV items of note. Uh, AMC has announced that Preacher will be renewed for season four. Uh, you know, the did you watch this show? The gra- the based off the graphic novel. Um, I have watched. Uh, didn't you watch? You watched season one, didn't you? I watched season one and season two. Um, I I haven't been. I haven't watched any of season four or three yet. Yeah, we uh we watched one and two, and then we watched the first couple episodes of three, and I have the rest of the season on my TiVo right now, so I have not caught up. It's uh, it's one of those shows that like I I, I it's it's good. It's just so weird, and the story is told in such an odd way that I get annoyed or frustrated you know i've complained about it before like stop telling me stories out of order and you know it was fun the first time when quentin tarantino did it in pulp fiction and now i'm just getting annoyed with it just tell me a linear story please so uh uh it it it, it's a good show but it sometimes becomes a little bit of a chore especially when i uh I'm not caught up and i know i've got like eight episodes it's not a show that i like to binge i think Gotcha. See, I'm the exact opposite. I I binged the crap out of the first season, um, for that exact reason. It it was it was really. I just I I like the show in general. Uh, I like the characters. I like the weirdness. I think that's what drew me to it first. Because in the in the first season, right. you have um oh gosh, I I hate that I can't remember the guy's the actor's name, but the meat baron, like the head sure. of the meat packing plant. Sure. Um, I love that actor. Uh, he was also uh, him and his meat baby. Yeah, he was Rorsch- he was Rorschach on um, uh, Watchmen in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just I was enthralled by that entire thing. So I I couldn't stop watching. And then the guy that just 
randomly had to reset the the um like the uh it had that pool of noxious fumes and everything that was growing under the city and you sure. never you never hear you never know what that actually is right they don't explain uh, it yeah yeah, exactly. The, the story guess, is told in a very, uh, a very odd, odd fashion, and I'm sure it comes directly from the graphic novel or whatnot. But um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm sure that I'll that I'll catch back up on it or not. Uh, I'm not really positive. But uh, for those of you who have been able to stay current, uh, it has been renewed for a season four uh, for next year on AMC. Whereas Netflix has gone the exact opposite direction uh, in the second uh, blurb that we've got for you, and that is that they have canceled one more uh, series in their Marvel Defenders universe, and that is the 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 patriarch of the series, essentially uh, Daredevil, has been canceled at Netflix. So it it is uh, it will not get a fourth season, whereas Preacher will, Daredevil will not. So its current third season, which uh, I believe. Just debuted in October will be its last. So I didn't keep up with this series either. We watched all of season one, started season two, and then fell off and uh, and and did not keep up. So this joins the ranks of uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage in in uh, Defenders series that have been canceled so far at Netflix, which isn't surprising, consider that you know the whole Disney uh, merger that has occurred and and how the Marvel properties are essentially leaving Netflix. Now, they retain the rights to these shows and everything, but uh, it uh, doesn't appear they feel it's worth carrying on, at least not with these. They still, they still haven't announced anything for Jessica Jones uh, or I guess the Defenders would be the other one, right? Because if Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Daredevil have all been canceled, then it would just be Jessica Jones and the Defenders itself that are that, that still are around. Gotcha. See, i i never I never watched Daredevil. Like i I didn't see a single solitary episode of that show. Uh, Daredevil is one of my least favorite comic book heroes. To be honest, I don't know why. Uh, even when Ben Affleck, you know, did the movies, I I didn't care for it. So, oh no, it says down here in this article from Variety that Netflix now only has two remaining live-action Marvel shows from the Defenders family: Jessica Jones and The Punisher. Forgot about The Punisher. Yeah. So, awesome. So, yep, that's all we've got for you there, real quick for uh, TV news and the blurbs. Gaming. Uh, let's see here. On gaming, this is something we've been waiting for for a while. <clears throat> Pokemon Go Trainer Battles. Um, they have... Uh, Niantic Labs has actually provided some details about uh, upcoming update that will allow trainers to battle. Um, it's... Uh, it says here... This is an article from VG247. It says when ba- when trainer battles are made available for Pokemon Go, players will put it be put into three different leagues, according to Niantic Labs. Um, you have to choose one of the three leagues, and each league has like a maximum combat power limit, which is good because you don't want you know level thirty destroying a beginning player. That would be dumb. Uh, so the Great League has a 1500 CP limit per Pokemon. 
Ultra League is 2,500 uh, CP limit. And the Master League, for those of you who are crazy competitive with the game, has no CP limit. So, um, <clears throat> it's uh, is this something? Is this something you've been waiting for? Like to battle your friends in Pokemon? Uh, I mean, it'll be an interesting, cool little feature. Sure, it depends on how it works. You know, is this going to be like trading where we have to be within, you know, so many feet of one another in order to battle? Um, you would think because if that's the case, if that's the case, then I'm probably not going to get a whole lot of use out of it. Uh, overall, I would assume, you know, it's probably over to my house and battle Sean. No, I mean, I I would obviously battle with those that I play with on a daily basis when we, when we still play, you know, and and at this point I wouldn't even say that I play every single day anymore. Like on my lunch break, I have, you know, other things that I'm doing sometimes. So, um, but I'm sure I would take advantage of it, especially after it debuts. Uh, but there, I don't think there's anything they could do with this game to, you know, uh, drag me back into it like, like I was when it first debuted. So, uh, but I mean, this is definitely something that we've wanted. Now, if we could just battle, you know, if you and I could battle while sitting at our homes, you know, cities apart, then yeah, I might be more interested in doing it. Uh, but, uh, if there's, you know, a location requirement behind it, then I don't, I don't see that, uh, I'll get much use out of it. Yeah. Being battle, being able to battle cities apart would be cool, but I, I seriously doubt they'll do that because I mean, it's all about location with Niantic. It's all about getting you off the couch and out and playing games apparently. And, you know, I'm a, I'm an old school gamer, so fuck that. But, um, this is a feature that I kind of wanted, but I would much rather them work on letting me either gift or trade items with people. Yeah. Because, God no shit. damn it, I have so much stuff that I could get rid of, but there's certain things I need. Like, it would be awesome if I could say, hey, Sean, I will give you 30 great balls for an incubator. Sure. You know, and you could just, we could just swap those because, you know, but since they sell incubators, right, you're going to destroy balls, their economy. They're That's not, not going to fucking happen. do that. No. Which is annoying a lot. So, but oh well. So, if you've been waiting for trainer battles, they, uh, sh- there's no date, but they should be coming pretty soon. All right. <clears throat> Next one. Fallout 76 has been out for, I don't know, about a month, give or take. Um, And, of course, if you put a lot of players, uh, I believe up to 24 players, in a single server, uh, sooner or later, people are going to be shitheads to each other. It was a given. It was going to happen. Because people are shit. People equal shit, as the song goes. (laughs) So, Bethesda has actually permanently banned some players because they were um basically team you like you can't you can't force someone into pvp in fallout 76 you shoot them you do 50 percent damage they can run away 
you don't do full damage until they shoot you. And then you're in PvP together. But that doesn't keep you from running around around them and harassing them. So there was a group of players that basically were running around and harassing another player saying that they were um, targeting gays and they were setting out uh, and they were setting out to eliminate them. Um, they continually attacked the player as they denounced queers. Uh, the clip is, it's I'm trying to find the name of this. Okay. AJPLS is the uh, player's um, Twitter handle or, uh, you know, gaming handle. Uh, so I guess it's supposed to be AJ, please. Maybe. Uh, it's a Twitch streamer, but I mean, this is this is not cool. Why why do we have to be like this to other people? <laughs> <laughs> That's what really really bothered me the most about this. I mean, the article here on the Verge goes into the fact that it's really hard to report these people, which is very true. <clears throat> and then Bethesda originally just banned them for three days, and then they went on to see what happened, kind of analyze it a little bit. And then decided to permanently ban everyone that was involved with the harassment, which is awesome. Uh, way to go, with Bethesda. Do that. But, damn it, why is this a problem in the first place? Why can't we be civil to other people in video games? I know the anonymity of the internet is a beautiful thing that keeps us all safe and cozy in our ridiculous, you know, hatred and prejudices, but god damn it. Be nice. And that's the only answer I have for you is <sighs> is just because of the anonymity. I mean, it's something that we've all encountered in any video game that we've ever played online. I mean, I've I've play very little online gaming, and yet I've witnessed just horrific things being said uh, by individuals in you know the on the on the servers for Call of Duty. So. Uh, it, it does not surprise me at all that this happened. Um, but yeah, props to Bethesda for, you know, laying down the ban. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, ways they can fix this. I don't know the logistics really of um, like what it takes to run servers like these. But in my mind, one thing is create no PVP uh, servers where PvP is not even an option. Um, create servers that are solo servers to where you or you and your, fr you know, uh, make it, you could even make it to where it is you create a separate character and that's just your solo campaign character if you, if you have to do it that way, you know. Um, or you can do like a um you know private servers or you know, there's there's a bunch of different ways you could solve a problem like this because yeah i mean how does world of warcraft do it they just have non pvp servers don't they that's just a swirling cesspool of shit <laughs> world what? of warcraft it's so they have the same they have basically the same problem but they've been doing it for so long that now they have like reporting and you know, you can report right. players for all kinds of stuff. Well, and that's why I use them as an example, because they're just, I mean, I would assume that they are still, like, the largest MMO. Probably. You know, you know, uh, or at least uh, the most successful that's still going, you know, even if it may not be the most subscribed to now, it's still, you know, 
it's still up. It's still out there. It's still being played. It's still, you know, uh, I just use them as the example of like the McDonald's of <laughs> MMOs. They've got to have something in place. You know, they've been around longer than anybody else. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, I guess they, they need to look and see how it's being handled elsewhere. Yep. So for now, um, I mean, Fallout 76 has gotten really bad reviews, um, during, uh, sales recently, it went down to as low, I saw it as low as $35 a copy, um, which really pisses off somebody like, I don't know, me who prepaid $60 for the steaming pile of excrement but um as far as the game goes it's not bad the game is the game is fun it's a bethesda game it's got bugs they all have bugs they are they are fixing it but you know the the part the only part i found out of the entire fallout 76 experience that i have truly not liked is when you get I, I like, for instance, I had a player and it's like, you know, take a hint, man, who I was walking through. He is being attacked by super mutants. So I, I pitched in. I'm like, ah, no, you know, these are high level super, super mutants. And you look like you're about to get your ass beat. So I took out some super mutants and then I waved at him and then I walked away and come to find out like three or four minutes later, the dude's still fucking following me. And he's just fall. He followed me for like fifteen minutes. And just, Why? I don't know. Like he just fo- was following me, and like I mean, he was like covering me. Like he had joined unofficially joined my team. Oh, and it's like, dude, I you know I appreciate the sentiment and all, but I just I I spent some ammo. I helped out a buddy. You go 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 away now. Just go fly away. Float away from me. I you know. So I, I don't know. Uh, that's the worst part of it for me is the fact that I don't really, unless you're one of my friends now, I don't want to be your friend probably. So don't, don't try to, don't try to follow me or play, you know, with me or anything like that. But I mean, that's a, that's a simple problem to have, you know, nothing like this. So I guess that's what you get when you play on a server with other people. And that's why I don't play the game. <laughs> I understand. I understand. All right. <clears throat> but see, private servers would fix that too. So that would be nice. We didn't sure. want we didn't want massively multiplayer fallout. We wanted multiplayer fallout is what we wanted. You right. Know, I wanted I wanted Fallout like uh Far Cry, where I could be playing Fallout and you could just jump into my game. And right, right, or the, like, um, isn't Borderlands like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and i i didn't want I didn't want World of World of Warcraft Fallout. Right, I get you. No, I agree with that. So hopefully they figure that out. That would be nice. All right. <clears throat> Speaking of Fallout seventy six and people who pre ordered, uh, you had the Power Armor Edition, which was a two hundred dollar box of stuff. Uh, all kinds of different things, a power armor helmet, the game, a map, some figures, all kinds of good junk. Uh, but one thing was a canvas bag. And even on the description, it says a canvas bag. However, when people started receiving their power armor editions, 
the canvas bag turned into a super duper cheap nylon bag and it was kind of a piece of crap um bethesda caught a lot of hell for this and their first response was not a good one they basically said that it was too expensive to make the canvas bags and they weren't really planning on doing anything about it which sounds like bethesda really um and anyway so through many many plasterings on social media and uh being lambasted by the entire community who bought these things uh, they finally decided that they will be offering you 500 atoms worth of in-game currency if you bought the uh, power armor edition um so you can rest easy knowing that your 200 dollars purchase with your super cheap nylon bag will get you 499 worth of currency in game they're giving you five dollars congratulations um and with that i think somebody even went in and looked and with five dollars you can get a really nice country door for your camp (laughs) and some succulents Ooh, succulents (laughs) yeah so um i don't know maybe don't trust bethesda to hold to their marking materials anymore because they didn't let anybody know that this is what was going to happen because i'd be i'd be pretty annoyed i think yeah exactly Uh, i mean that's a pretty expensive collector's edition two hundred dollars man and i mean it says canvas let's see here i can't read the picture that well <clears throat> but uh it, it actually says canvas something something survival bag so i mean it is a canvas bag on the marketing materials sons of bitches so now i have to tell you something trevor it's time for tv news Sean, it's your turn to talk. All right. Everything we've got in the TV category today seems to be like, you know, pretty uh, relevant subjects. You know what I mean? Um, First couple stories are about Netflix. And uh, the most recent one is that Netflix came to an agreement with the estate of Roald Dahl to bring uh, basically Dahl's entire history of writing uh, into animated series form at Netflix. So Dahl is, of course, famously the creator of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and James and the Giant Peach. And, uh, you know, those are two stories that have obviously been done before, you know. Uh, However, Netflix has now purchased the rights to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, the BFG, the Twits, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, George Marvelous Medicine Boy, George Marvelous Medicine, Boy Tales of Childhood, Going Solo, The Enormous Crocodile, The Giraffe and the Pelly and Me, Henry Sugar, Billy and the Minpins, The Magic Finger, Ezio Trot, 
Dirty Beasts, and Rhyme Stew. Just a ton of uh, of of dolls' writings, and uh, this is kind of, I guess, their their way to push back against you know the the upcoming Disney streaming service and whatnot because uh, kids watch a lot of television. And uh, and Netflix needs to have you know a a, a a stake in that game, I guess. So I think this is kind of cool. I've always been a big ch- fan of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, of course. Um, so uh, I wouldn't mind seeing like an animated version of the of the of the movie and uh, and then Charlie and the Great Ga- Great Glass Elevator that's the sequel you never you know they've never made a movie of that so uh, an animated uh, version of that would be pretty cool too Yeah I animated Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that would be kind of neat I didn't I didn't ever see the BFG um do you remember Matilda vaguely? Right. And I think Matilda was like a long-running musical or something like that. You know, they've uh, – and obviously they've made a movie, I believe, as well. But I think it was like a successful Broadway production or something like that as well. Yeah. Well, as of – you know, <laughs> looking at these from my point of view, there are a couple that sound very interesting to me. However mm-hmm. – as the father of a four-year-old, all of these will be fantastic because right, it'll be nice and to have uh, stuff she can watch. There was another article when I was, you know, uh, uh, perusing Google for stories about this uh, that I glanced through that said something about how like it's the stories that you're not familiar with that are they're the really cool ones here, the ones that you're gonna really appreciate seeing, you know, uh, uh, something done with, I guess. So, yeah, I kind of look forward to this, to seeing like what they what they bring out of this. So, um the next story is also Netflix and it's kind of the exact opposite where we were talking about, you know, turning his uh, dolls works into animation. Uh, the next story is Netflix is taking one of the most famous animes of all time and they're going to turn it into a live action series. So, um, I have never been a huge anime fan. Uh, and when this was super popular, I did not get into it. So I've never actually watched it. Um, but Netflix has announced that they are going to do a 10 episode straight to series live action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. Did you ever watch this when it was I on originally? I definitely did not. I did not either. It sounds like it's a pretty interesting story. Um, <clears throat> so the live action take tells a, a jazz inspired genre bending story of Spike Spiegel, Jet Black, Faye Valentine, and Radical Ed, a ragtag crew of bounty hunters on the run from their past as they hunt down the solar system's most dangerous criminals. The Netflix series arrives as live action feature take starring Keanu Reeves has been toiling in development at Fox for nearly a decade. Now that sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a live action take on this starring Keanu Reeves that has been in production for a decade now. Like, I mean, at that point you just have to stop. 
Like if you if this movie comes out, it w- it would be like one of the worst bombs ever. You know what I mean? Like that would be like releasing Nicholas's Ca- Nicholas Cage's Superman movie now. You know, it would just oh, that just sounds terrible. So hopefully Netflix does something cool with this because uh, I know it is a a huge a huge uh, uh, fandom behind this show. So. That's awesome. I I do remember uh, around in school time, this was like crazy, crazy popular. All I would ever hear about is Cowboy Bebop, Cowboy Bebop. Right. I never got into it because I'm not a big anime fan. And the animation style just never really looked like something I'd be interested in. So I don't know. I mean... They've got... It sounds like they've got some good people behind it. Uh, Yeah. I'm not going to run through all the names here because it's an entire paragraph of people, but it sounds like the guys who are showrunners and executive producers have all worked on stuff for Netflix and CBS before, including the upcoming High Fidelity TV series. Um, and then they also have a lot of the original people from Japan who were behind the original anime series involved as well. Uh, they will executive produce. And then the first episode is actually being written by Christopher Yost from Thor, the dark world and Thor Ragnarok. So, uh, that's pretty cool. And then, the guy who directed the original series is serving as a consultant on the Netflix series. So at least he's involved as well. So it sounds like they've got a pretty good pedigree behind it to make a decent live action version of the original. It doesn't sound anything nearly as terrible as this Keanu Reeves thing. So. Uh, you are just such a hater on Keanu. Reeves. That just, I mean, that sounds terrible. Man. Come Keanu. on. Come on. We've argued about this before. I don't have any specific hatred for Keanu Reeves, and you didn't even find a clip where I was like really saying anything terrible about him. I would just blew off one of his movies, just like I did this here, because that sounds freaking terrible. Come on. I don't know. Poor Keanu. You're not giving him a chance, Sean. All right. Well, let's move on to some more anime, since neither of us really care about adult swim has purchased the rights and ordered the adaptation of a blade runner anime so this will be a blade runner anime series inspired by blade runner 2049 called blade runner black lotus it will consist of 13 half hour episodes and details of the plot are being kept secret secret uh but it's known that the story will take place in 2032 and will include some established characters from the blade runner universe um yeah we've talked about this before i was never a huge and have never been a huge blade runner fan Uh, i've seen the original i still haven't even seen this new blade runner 2049 um the original was not bad 
it was a good movie, I guess. It wasn't anything that I found to be super exciting, but maybe it was just because I didn't watch Blade Runner until I was, you know, an adult. Uh, So I didn't see it back then, you know. Uh, It wasn't as um, impactful for me, maybe. But this sounds interesting, but seeing as that it's a movie that I've never been a huge fan of and it's a genre being anime that I've never been a huge fan of, I probably won't watch this. But uh, you're a Blade Runner fan, right? I am. So would you watch this even though you're not a huge anime fan? It'll be on Adult Swim, so you're talking Cartoon Network, you know? It's not even like you've got to go far to get it. Uh yeah, probably. I'll probably give it a shot. I I don't care for anime almost at all, but I do really like Blade Runner. It's like it's like um spaghetti cuz I really like spaghetti, but then it's got shit sauce on it. So I like spaghetti, but there's shit sauce on it. <laughs> <laughs> And you're still willing to eat the spaghetti with, with shit sauce on I it. I like that's, spaghetti that's, so much. Just, oh, that's so gross. Yeah, so it's the same thing. I I like Blade Runner so much that I'll probably put up with anime just to just to see the story. But I'm not, so it sounds I don't think like I'm gonna like it. We'll it see. sounds like they might have gotten some decent people to work on this this show as well. Um, it says that. Uh, uh, the two guys, Shinji Aramaki and Kenji Kamiyama, will direct all the episodes of the premiere season, which will follow their current directorial work on the upcoming Ghost in the Shell reboot. And I know that's another, you know, insanely huge anime series. So um, the fact that they were given the directorial job in that reboot probably bodes as long as it's good, uh, bodes well for, you know, this Blade Runner series, uh, also. Um, and then Shinchiro Watanabe will serve as creative producer. And he previously wrote and directed the anime short film Blade Runner Blackout 2022, which served as one of three anime short prequels to Blade Runner 2049. So that sounds like they've got some people who, you know, are like, you know, been involved in the series in other ways or have been involved in the universe. You know, people who probably, you know, give a shit about the storyline. So, um, uh, sounds good. And, and Adult Swim, you know, they don't, uh, they don't, um, typically get involved in, in, in such something like this, you know, you'd think of this as more of like a Netflix type of thing or a Hulu type of thing or something like that. Like you would think Blade Runner is a pretty high dollar property, you know? Uh, so, yeah, you uh, would think, especially it's, it's kind of cool. Adult swim. Yeah. And so that's kind of cool for adult swim to be, you know, jumping in and, and, uh, um, you know, foraying into this kind of, you know, big budget, um, anime production, if you will. All right, and then finally we're going to go all the way back to network television for the last story that I have here for you, and that's to the CW, uh, and the CW, which has you know, become like the home for DC Universe at least, um, has purchased another – purchased the rights to uh, another 
series, uh, a graphic novel uh, that they will be turning into, uh, adapting to a television series. And that is the, the upcoming graphic novel Super Clean by Sasha Rothschild. Um, it is a dramedy that will be, uh, let's see, it doesn't say how many episodes, I don't think. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of information in this Deadline article at all. So uh, Super Clean is written by Rothschild, and it explores the superhero genre from the human side. Becky masters an uber-organized and brilliant human, and her ragtag team of non-powered cohorts navigate the danger and drama of cleaning up after superheroes and villains, all while Becky works to prove her superhero boyfriend is innocent of a dastardly crime. So when I read this earlier, what I thought uh, about this was that it sounded to me um, like uh, – well, obviously it's a drama, so we're looking at an hour-long show here as opposed to a sitcom. But it seems to me to run almost like tangentially to what that show was that was on NBC a year or two ago Powerless. that you and – powerless and and how you know powerless was originally supposed to be about like an insurance company you know and it was supposed to be you know a comedy sitcom but about having to clean up behind all of this bullshit when these guys destroy cities when they're fighting supervillains and and this and that and uh, and of course that show was reworked and reworked before it finally got on television and turned out to be you know not even close to what the original concept was this, even though it's an hour-long dramedy, uh, seems to be closer to that original concept than what uh, Powerless actually turned out to be. So that's why this intrigued me when I was scrolling through the news. Yeah, if I mean, that was the biggest bummer for Powerless for me, is that they got rid of that main storyline that I thought was going to be so funny. Right. So uh, depending on how they play it with this, uh, this could replace it for me, you know? I, I like... I like the idea of seeing the other side of it, you know, after all the fights have happened and the heroes are off having a drink, somebody's got to clean this shit up, you know? Right, right. And it doesn't really say exactly what, like, you know, whether she owns a, you know, are they, are they an insurance company or are they, you know, just like a cleanup, like a physical cleanup crew, you know, it doesn't really, there's not a whole lot of details here. So, uh, this, this, uh, this deadline article is very sparse, but, uh, Rothschild, the gal who wrote this, she is, uh, the co-executive producer on Netflix's glow, which I've talked about before. It's a great show on Netflix. So, uh, if she, you know, uh, once again, it sounds like they've got somebody who, uh, you know, it has uh, produced some pretty good content already. So sounds pretty cool. This definitely sounds like something I would probably give uh, a chance to, especially if it's on the CW. They're probably going to slap it right in the middle of, you know, one of the nights of television where I'm already watching their superhero shows. So, you know, uh, this is something I'm, I'm probably definitely will uh, give a chance once it comes out. Uh, I guess technically the next one is mine. Yep. <clears throat> so let's see here. We got, uh, we talked about in a previous episode how Ruby, uh, Ruby Rose was cast as Batwoman. And we immediately, as soon as I heard Ruby Rose, I'm like, well, sh- yeah, okay. That totally makes sense. Well, now we've gotten our first look at the character and yeah, it totally 
fucking makes sense, man. <laughs> she looks fantastic in the outfit. Um, the pink hair. I, I assume... I can't tell if the color is off or if it's actually pink in these pictures. Because what kind of tipped me off is I was looking at it and I'm like, you know, the, the flash in the background of the picture look has kind of a pinkish hue to him. So I was thinking maybe the color was off in the first one. You know? And right. Because wasn't Batwoman... Batwoman's hair was red, right? Mm, I, I think so. Pretty sure it's supposed to be red. Yeah. Yeah. She's got red hair everywhere. So this has got to be lighting or coloring or something like that. So the pink kind of threw me off at first. I wasn't completely opposed to it, but it was kind of like, I don't know. I wouldn't be changing a character like that if you can help it. Other than that, outfit looks awesome. Um, Obviously, the only part of her you can really see is her mouth and tip of her nose, but... It looks cool. Yeah. I mean, why not, man? I, I'm, I'm open to bringing any superhero or any heroes we can into the light just to see if people like them. Why not? So um, these come from the DC crossover show Elseworlds. Um, it'll be a uh, TV special featuring all the DC characters currently on TV. Arrow, The Flash, and Supergirl. Yeah, not the Legends of Tomorrow, though. Not the Legends. They're they're not included in this yeah. year's crossover. They are not cool enough to play with the cool kids. It's just too many damn characters. That is like yeah. just too many people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, especially especially because Elseworlds, from from the little bit that I've seen, you're talking about a crossover where these people are like switching bodies because like that Flash that you're looking at in the background back there is is Stephen Amell, like that's the dude who plays Arrow in the suit. Like they're all doing like this weird body swapping storyline. So uh, could you imagine doing like a body swapping body swapping storyline with a with all of the you know if they included the Legends of Tomorrow, which is already a show that has like what seven main characters or something like that, and then you're adding all of those people to the superheroes from Flash and Arrow and and Supergirl, and then everybody swap. I mean, it, it would just get ridiculously complicated. <laughs> Not Sean's thing. <laughs> Not complicated. Don't like that. I mean, it sounds fun, but I can see why from like a production standpoint, you're just like, okay, we we can't write a story. That would just be too too convoluted. Awesome. All righty. I might actually watch that. <clears throat> so now we're going to go ahead and go into... Tech news. <clears throat> the first story, Sean. I know you're you're probably guilty of this. Uh, this seems like something you would do. Um, you like to you like to go to Starbucks, get yourself a nice chai tea latte, and then pop up you like you porn or Pornhub on your laptop, don't you? <laughs> I have never been in a Starbucks in my life. Oh, so. crap! Look at that. <laughs> So Starbucks has decided as of next year, it will start blocking pornography from its free public Wi-Fi. <clears throat> um, 
Citizen Go, an anti-pornography activist group, petitioned for Starbucks to filter pornography and child sex abuse images. They always got to use the child sex abuse images. Right. That's the straw man. I, uh, I hate that. Anyway, um, got 30,000 signatures on their petition. Um, let's see here. Apparently, they say, apparently, Starbucks cares more about providing paper straws to protect the environment than protecting kids and patrons on its public Wi-Fi. Um, okay, number one, you're not protecting patrons. If they want to look at it, they're going to look at it. It's not something you typically do accidentally. And number two, you're not protecting kids because, God damn it, the parents should probably be watching them. Don't just say... Here's your tablet, little Timmy. Go sit in the corner and do whatever the hell you want to do. Mommy's got to get a latte. God damn it. <laughs> so anyway, th- this is, I mean, it's ridiculous. You can you can do this if you want. You can filter out this stuff. But let's face it. All it takes is somebody knows how to use a VPN and you're, you're shot to hell. You're not going to be able to block that. So I, I don't know. This this make you want to does the fact that their Wi-Fi is clean make you want to go to Starbucks, Sean? No, I I mean I honestly don't I don't necessarily see a problem with this either. You know, I mean it's their business. Like if they don't want people looking at porn on the internet Wi-Fi that they're providing, I don't see a problem with them putting some kind of web filter on or something like that. You know, I, whatever. I don't care. You know, obviously, if you're looking at porn in the middle of Starbucks, you're a creepy weirdo anyway. And so I would forget filtering the content. I would just kick them out of your store. Like, that's a, that's the way I would look at it. Like, well, see, Starbucks doesn't really care. It's they offer you free Wi-Fi and it says on the disclaimer when you join it that you're not going to do anything like illegal or anything like that. But why why would they care what you're looking at? It doesn't matter to them. It's not like you're charging them for the porn. Sure. So they but... don't give a shit. I mean, it's the citizens go that is saying, you know, well, we don't we don't want them being able to look at porn at Starbucks and that just bothers yeah but at the same time I mean come on do you want to walk into a restaurant with your kids and then then there's just a dude sitting there like watching hardcore pornography on his computer you know like right right inside the front door I mean I I can see where there could be complaints about that I mean it it's it would be like against the law for that man to be performing those sex acts right inside the door of the restaurant. So why should he be able to watch them being performed? I don't agree like, with him doing it, but I'll fight for his right to do it. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any problem with them complaining about it. I don't have any problem with with Starbucks saying, you know, fine, we'll put on a web filter. You know, like it's their business if they think that would make them more if that's more conducive to a, you know, a family environment or whatever environment they want to have, then go right ahead. It's your business. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. I'm just saying it's it's useless. <laughs> It's it's uh you know practice and use sure 
but yeah, I mean, it, 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 I mean, just bothering with web filters and whatever. Yeah. It it seems to be probably kind of a fruitless endeavor, but if it appeases, you know, this whatever group, then that's fine. We all know that it's really not going to change anything. If somebody wants to watch porn, especially on their phone or something, then, you know, you could just turn on the cellular data. So, uh, it's not like you have to have their Wi-Fi to watch the porn inside their business. You could be doing it on a hotspot. You know what I mean? Like, it's oh, not boy. really gonna. It's not really gonna do any good, like you said. But if it appeases whoever's, you know, raising a fit, that's fine. I don't. Whatever. Weirdos shouldn't be watching fucking porn in the middle of Starbucks anyway. <laughs> All right. I'll remember that next time we go to Starbucks, John. <clears throat> You mean the first time? Again, I've never been in a Starbucks. I now I need to make it a point to get you into a Starbucks just to say that I that I was the one who drug you in there for the first time. I've never even drank Starbucks coffee. Like I've never had Starbucks in my life. Yeah. That's my new mission in life. Other than like I think I think I've had like a bag from like the grocery store, you know, like in like a a, a, a Christmas gift basket or something like that that I've made that we've made at home. Mm. Uh, but I have never had coffee from a starbucks restaurant ever challenge accepted (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh next on our list marriott is saying that uh, you know marriott's a big hotel and resort chain uh saying 500 million starwood guest records have been stolen in a massive data breach we so um Starwood Hotels has confirmed its hotel guest database of about 500 million customers was stolen. Um, See, they uh, filed a statement with the U.S. regulators that uh, unauthorized access to its guest guest database was detected on or before September 10th, but may date back as far as 2014. (laughs) Um, learned uh, Marriott learned during the investigation that there had been unauthorized access to the Starwood network since 2014. Marriott recently discovered that an unauthorized party had copied and encrypted information and took steps towards removing it. This comes from TechCrunch, by the way. Um, we don't have a lot of details about the breach. Um... It says here that the company said it obtained and decrypted the database on November 19th and determined that the contents were from the Starwood Guest Reservation database. So this is, it's not uh, ifs, ands, or maybes. It's this is this is for sure. Um, <clears throat> some two or some 327 million records contained a guest's name, postal address, phone number, date of birth, gender, email address, passport number and Starwood Rewards information, including points and balance, uh, arrival and departure information, reservation date, and their communication preferences. That's a lot of information. Jeez, oh, Pete. Um, Starwood said that an unknown number of records contained encrypted credit card data, but has, not has quote, not been able to rule out that the components needed to decrypt the data weren't also taken. So they're saying credit, some of the records had credit card data, but they aren't able to say yes or no on whether or not the information needed to decrypt that data were, were taken. So 
That's not cool. Um, basically, this means that if you used your credit card at a Marriott or Starwood Hotel, you're probably going to be getting a new credit card soon. <laughs> uh, I'll probably be getting a new debit card, credit card. All this crap will come in the mail pretty soon. My bank loves to do that. So, uh, yeah, so this is, I mean, it's not good. It's, I don't know. I'm kind of almost numb to breaches nowadays, but people still need to know about them just so you can keep track of all your finances, your credit, and all that lovely junk. So if you are a Starwood guest uh, member or you've stayed at a Marriott, keep an eyeball on your stuff. Maybe talk to your bank and see about getting a new card, a new number, a new whatever. Whoopee. Uh, Back in the day, a... Back in the day. Back in the day, a clever way of hacking, just to kind of cause, like, cause people some shit was to um what was called i think it was called black paging uh i could be wrong in the terminology but it's basically where you send a fax to a company that is just like hundreds of black pages which would run the toners out in all their printers and fax machines it was just kind of a way of punking a company basically well this next story from engadget is basically in my mind, the exact same thing. <laughs> um, a hacker hijacked 50,000 printers um, to tell people to subscribe to PewDiePie, which is the YouTube um, right. star. Yeah. yeah. Which, to me, is basically a big black page of ink. <laughs> um, this, it's very, very fun. So... It prints out, and it's it's all in ASCII text. Um, let's see here. PewDiePie is in trouble, and he needs your help to defeat T-Series. Uh, it goes on to talk about PewDiePie and all this. and says what to do. You unsubscribe from T-Series. Subscribe to PewDiePie. Um, hashtag save PewDiePie. Oh, my God. It's just, oh, my God. So anyway, somebody actually took the time out of their day to hack 50,000 printers. Now, you could see this as a uh, just ridiculousness or kind of a wake-up call. How was he able to hack 50,000 printers? Yeah, I don't know. And like whose print, like, I'd like to know like exactly like what kind of printers, you know, like, uh, like did businesses receive this or was this like personal computers or, or what? Uh, I don't know if it really says there's, let's see here. Uh, we've got a tweet. Uh, why are local printers being hacked for this? Okay. So this just randomly printed on one of our work printers. So it's, it's companies too. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. I work in IT around Brighton, and our printers are being hacked. Yeah. So, let's see here. Uh, The hacker Giraffe told Engadget that he sent the message to 50,000 printers. 
He found the targets on Shodan.io, which is basically a search engine for unsecured internet-connected devices. The hacker giraffe said there are about 800,000 printers total that appear exploitable. Wow. Yeah. Um, let's see. The, the message was sent using a tool known as PRET, or Printer Ex, uh, Exploitation Toolkit. Uh, see, it allows attackers to do, quote, cool stuff like capturing or manipulating print jobs, accessing the printer's file system and memory, or even causing physical damage to the device. So that's interesting. He basically just sent a print job to all 50,000 of these printers. Right. So. As uh, Engadget so lovingly puts at the end, unless you like unsolicited messages coming out of your printer... Now might be a good time to make sure your firmware is up to date. <laughs> yeah, let me check my printer real quick. Nope, I didn't get anything. No PewDiePie yeah. thing for me. Yeah, I'm more curious to wonder if like any of this stuff ever printed out at like my work, you know? I uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't I didn't hear of anything at my work, but that doesn't mean much. Right, because ours ours go through a a different type of a server with check ins and check outs. It's, it's freaking weird. But I'll have to I'll have to ask the IT guy at the office if he had heard about this. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I mean, of all the things you could hack for, why PewDiePie, man? <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Anyway, all right. Um, <clears throat> here's something interesting for you, Sean. Buffy, Angel. And Firefly are free to stream. I know. I saw something about this, actually. On Facebook. See, that was my version of the South Park, and it's gone. <laughs> um, so Facebook Watch now has, um, you know, like I said, Buffy, Angel, and Firefly. Um <clears throat> You know, you, you can get those on Hulu and some other places. It's, I don't know. I, I really wish that it wasn't another thing that Facebook had. I think that's the problem. I really want people to get away from Facebook. <laughs> Every time Facebook has something new, I'm like, God damn it, no. <laughs> so, I mean, do you, uh, do you have Hulu? I forget. Yeah. Okay. So you're probably not watching this on Facebook. No, I have never watched anything on Facebook. Me neither. I was not even really aware that they had like a, you know, a streaming service, if you will. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not, I mean, it's, it's Facebook. It's still just Facebook, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, it. you can get this other places. I think if I wanted people, I guess if you want people to watch these shows, if I want to turn someone on to Firefly, for instance, and they have no other streaming services, I could send them to Facebook Watch because they probably have a Facebook account, as depressing as that is. Right. But it's just like, man, it's just like when... um Oh, I don't remember what the other space um, was on Yahoo's thing 
that right right and community was on yahoo yeah it's just they, like they did the final season of community on yahoo uh yahoo uh what was it even called i don't even remember what their yahoo screen i, I think, think was, is what it was yeah, called screen that's it yeah it's like spaghetti but it's got shit sauce on it <laughs> Oh, damn it. So, yeah, if you haven't seen these shows, you don't have any other streaming services, go to Facebook. Check them out. Firefly was fantastic. Sean, you'll have to speak to Angel and Buffy. I never watched them. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. So, there you go. Go there and check it out. All right. And uh, let's see here. And now time for movie news. No movie news. None for you. (laughs) All right. Next thing. <laughs> there really was not any movie news. LOL. OMG. WTF. Was that? Okay, I've got two. I made up for the lack of movie news with two LOLs. That's that's what I do for you. That's how I go out of my way and do extra work for you, the listener. Recognize. Anyway, so the first story is really interesting from Kutaku. And it's basically describing why uh frosty the snowman is actually a lich from (laughs) from dungeons and dragons um so forum user from dungeons and dragons uh reddit forum kid black floated an idea what if frosty the snowman is actually a lich what if that joyful fella is actually an undead wizard of immense power so Kid Black's initial diagnosis. This is really interesting. Quote, the old top hat is a phylactery. When placed upon a suitable snow body, it allows the lich spirit Frosty to possess its frozen host. He charmed the children to be his thralls, and seeking to sow as much chaos before his finite time expires, he torments the people of the village with his vile broomstick staff. Thumpity <laughs> thump thump is the sound of the bodies hitting the ground as their life forces are drained into the aforementioned phylactery, fueling another chance at winter destruction before the seasons change anew. <laughs> uh, I love it so much. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, it's uh, it's a very interesting idea. Uh, let's see here. The Monster Manual explains a phylactery is traditionally an amulet in the shape of a small box, but it can take the form of any item possessing an interior space into which arcane sigils of naming, binding, immortality, and dark magic are scribed in silver. Eh? Eh? Um, see here. They scroll down. If we go down a little further, it says the real, the real world history of the snowman also seems to be full of strife and panic. Um... Let's see here. The history of the snowman uh, highlights how often these creatures appear historically as both political scapegoats and things to create when times are tough. Snowmen show up when things are bad. The story is that basically we create snowman when we're feeling bad about society. What if we read that causality backwards? What if what if the snowmen bring the tough times with them? Isn't that I, it's so awesome. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, uh, Kid Black has also pro- proposed a story hook for Dungeons and Dragons. If somebody wants to create a module, I would play this so hard. Consider his arch rival, the Saint of Claws, leader of the Holy Order of Giving, as the hook for the quest to stop 
the serendipitous sullying of the seasons. That was so great. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Frosty the Lich. Things you cannot unsee. I like it. <laughs> All right. Now, <clears throat> Cards Against Humanity had a little bit of a Black Friday sale. It's over now, so don't try. Uh, yeah. But they were selling all kinds of stuff at <clears throat> 99% off. The first thing, the all-new Absurd Box, which goes for $2,000. They sold it for 20 bucks. It was a box of Cards Against Humanity. However, you could buy a $20 bill, 99% off, 20 cents for a $20 <laughs> bill. If you bought these things, they actually sent them to you. Wow. 85-inch uh, Sony 4K TV, $3,500, 99% off, 35 bucks. Um, see here, 17th century Italian halberd. It's, a, it's like a pokey staff. Um, I know what a halberd is. It was for the listeners. <clears throat> Life-size Orlando Bloom cutout, uh, 75 cents. Here you go. 2015 Ford Fiesta Red, 25,000 miles. Books at $9,750. You could get it 99% off, $9,750. <laughs> they sold a presidential mahogany casket for $32. A 1.5 carat lab grown diamond engagement ring for $32.15. A poncho toilet uh, for $0.09. Cents. $800 Applebee's gift card for $8. <laughs> it's still only worth $8. Yeah. Applebee's is terrible. Uh, original Picasso <laughs> lithograph. Valued $6,000. $60 just for you. <clears throat> Here you go. Bill Pullman's actual flight suit from Independence Day. <laughs> wow. $39.95. Where did they get all of this weird shit? No That's idea. hilarious. Portable sauna, portable <laughs> hairdryer, bonnet attachment. A uh, $100 bill for $1. Uh, let's see here. Big Bertha arcade game. Here you go. The Lilo Olga 24 karat gold dildo. $3,500. $3,490. Wow. Uh, That's a fancy dildo. Yeah, it is. Here you go. Five day vacation to Fiji for two. $7,160. I, I like some of these. Uh, descriptions too they're fantastic what a great idea you deserve it long plane ride come to fiji that's the bullet points uh see here a 50 pound cheese wheel for three dollars and 30 cents a bow flex for 40 bucks uh see here oh here you go 500 pounds of dry garbanzo beans five dollars and 79 cents man that's a lot of hummus <laughs> Bust of former President Barack Obama, five fifty. Uh, let's see here, a Lazy Boy power recliner for twenty bucks. Herbo Dagobert toilet throne. It's like a old. It's like ye old toilet. <laughs> to be honest, it's it's an old. Um, yeah, it just looks like an old English toilet. Weird. Ooh, here you go. Gurry or Jerry, I can't tell. Nursing skills geriatric medical doll. Ugh. Interchangeable female and uncircumcised male genitalia. 
by the way. What? Yeah. Uh, intramuscular injection sites at arm, thigh, and buttock. Great for dinner parties. So fucking creepy. Oh, and they got the genitalia there. Of course they do. Of course they do. Oh, my God. All right. Anyway. <clears throat> Let's see what else we got here. Um, signed Mean Girls poster for eight bucks. Nineteenth <clears throat> century butter churn, five dollars seventy five cents. Dan Aykroyd's Conehead from the movie Coneheads. Um, here you go. Six hundred live ants, sixty six cents. <laughs> and it says the bullet points are seven hundred ants, too many. Five hundred ants, not enough. Six hundred, just the right number of ants. <laughs> um, a hot dog cart for 40 bucks <laughs> signed photograph of Richard Nixon $6 ooh perfect Sean 20 foot yurt 60, <laughs> $60 336 square feet with room for up to 15 generals and scribes complex <laughs> and arduous assembly required only for serious <laughs> yurt people people all day inclu- all inclusive 10 day vacation for two to antarctica 180 dollars have the vacation of your dreams and your nightmares get one last look at it before it melts and it says this is for real do not purchase if you do not actually want to go to antarctica oh man and then at the very end the spirit of black friday which is actually the suit for the red person that's been on all of these. It says, lightly used, skin-like texture, you've wanted this costume all day, and proceeds donated to the Greater Chicago Food Dispository, which is nice of them. Yeah. This was fantastic. That sounds like a funny promotion. Yeah, only Cards Against Humanity could do this and get away with it. I just, man. I mean, you know some of this stuff had to be donated, obviously, but... It's so cool. But they they specifically said if you ordered one of those and you got in it, it's it's for real. You're actually getting what you ordered. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Next. Flicks. Let's see what movies we have coming out, shall we? Let's see. 2018. December and we'll be covering movie releases from the 3rd to the 14th that's not a lot of movie releases right there okay first one Mary Queen of Scots Uh, Margot Robbie Martin Compton Jack Loudon, uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, explores the turbulent life of the charismatic Mary Stuart, Queen of uh, France at 16 and widowed at 18. Next. Thank God, because it's actually... (laughs) Do I need any more information than that to know that I don't need to see this movie? (laughs) Yeah, it was a very long summer. Okay. Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, Andy Serkis, of course, 
anything with a monkey. Um, wow. I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, acclaimed actor and director Andy Circus. Oh, he's directing too. Wow. Uh, reinvents uh, Rudyard Kipling's beloved masterpiece in which a boy torn between two worlds accepts his destiny and becomes a legend. Uh, Mowgli has never. Next. Uh, Don't need any more than that. Yeah, it's. Eh. The only part I'm interested in out of this entire thing is the fact that Benedict Cumberbatch is Sheer Khan. Yeah. That would be cool to see and hear, but I'm not even remotely interested in the actual movie. <laughs> okay, let's see here. That is. Lots of limited, lots of limited. And okay, that's all for that day. <coughs> Pardon me. Huh. Well, we gotta at least talk about this. <clears throat> Once upon a dead pool, <laughs> and this is for December twelfth. Uh, obviously Ryan Reynolds, Fred Savage, Josh Brolin. Marina Baccarin. Um, <laughs> you'll like this. A PG-13 cut of Deadpool 2 with extended scenes involving actor Fred Savage related to his starring role in the 1987 bedtime story classic The Princess Bride. Yep. That movie's going to be so... I mean, they had to add Fred Savage stuff in there because, Jesus. I I, I might watch this just because I want to see how they do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be funny and everything, but I mean, come on now, I I don't I don't want to watch, I don't really want to see a PG-13 Deadpool. Like, no, I get no, I get no. the appeal for the studio and everything, and the fact that they threw in like from what I've heard like 20 minutes of, you know, new content or new footage or whatever will probably cause someone like myself or yourself to watch it anyway. But I mean, Deadpool really doesn't or shouldn't be a PG-13. Nope. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Mortal Engines. Stephen Lang, Robert Sheehan. Uh, let's see here. Hundreds of years after civili- civilization was destroyed by a cataclysmic event, a mysterious young woman, Hester Shaw, emerges as the only one who can stop London. Now a giant predator city on wheels. That's weird. Ooh. From yeah, I think I've seen a preview for this. This looks kind of weird. Uh, from devouring everything in its path. Feral and fiercely driven by the memory of her mother, Hester joins forces with Tom Natsworthy. An All right, next. I don't need any more information. Really? London? It sounds like a sounds like a, a, a cool concept, though. Yeah, I've seen it. I saw a preview for this or something. It's like a it, they. It's post-apocalyptic, and, and yeah, like the cities have been put on like giant moving platforms. And so, like, the whole whole city is just, like, wheel through the countryside or something like that. I don't know. Wow. Okay. I might have to see that. <clears throat> this one I'm interested in seeing. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, let's see. Liv Schreiber. Shamik Moore. Jake Johnson. Ooh, that's good, too. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse introduces Brooklyn teen Miles Morales and the limitless possibilities of the Spider-Verse, where more than one can wear the mask. 
point. Yeah, looks like a pretty cool animated series. I heard it got really good reviews at, uh, I think it was like New York Comic Con, maybe they showed some of it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it looks pretty neat. I, I love all the animated stuff. You know, I won't go to the theater or see it or anything, but as soon as it's on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, I'll I'll totally watch it. <clears throat> Last one, The Mule. Uh, Bradley Cooper, Clint Eastwood, Diane West, Michael Pena, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, let's see here. Clint Eastwood stars as Earl Stone, a man in his 80s who is broke, alone, and facing foreclosure of his business when he is offered a job that simply requires him to drive. Easy enough, but unbeknownst to Earl, he's just signed on as a drug courier for a Mexican cartel. He does well, so well, in fact, that his cargo increases exponentially, and Earl is assigned a handler. But he isn't the only one keeping tabs on Earl. The mysterious new drug mule has also hit the radar of the hard-charging DEA agent Colin Bates. And even when his money problems... Next, come on. It it just goes on and on. I know, they don't need to tell the whole damn story. It sounds like a pretty cool idea, though. Like, I like, uh, you know, I like Clint Eastwood's, like, grizzled old man... Like, I'm still a weird action hero when I'm in my 80s movies, you know? Uh, so, like, this one sounds like it could be a pretty cool story, but, Jesus, I don't need that much. I don't need a, a dissertation in the in the copy for it. Yeah. Jeez, Pete. All right. So that is all of them. That is it. Sean, what the hell are you up to? Oh, well, I have been listening to a new audio book on Audible called The Sword of Dark Mage, written by Nelson Charita and narrated by Gary Furlong. It's uh, So far, I think there's three books in the series. I'm still on the f- just about to finish the first one. I got an hour left. Uh, and uh, it's a fairly amusing fantasy series. It's not like overtly comedic, you know, not like slapstick comedy or anything, but kind of amusing for those of us who have listened to a lot of fantasy stories in the past, you know. Uh, but it's about uh, uh, a kid named uh, Waldo Corpse Lover, and he grows up in a country that is, you know, uh, it's run by dark mages. You know, his entire country, it's like the evil country. You know, everybody there is a bad guy and they grow up being bad guys. And and, uh, and he has blonde hair and yellow eyes and, 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 and clearly doesn't fit in with the rest of them and has no talent for, you know, destruction magic. But he's really good at healing people and stuff like that. So it's clearly evident that he's, you know, uh, at, at least half white man as opposed to dark mage and and uh the book is about him you know setting out on his very first quest to prove himself as a dark mage to his family and and the ruling council of his country and uh, of course you know am- a- amusement ensues because he's not very good at being a dark mage and they give him a, a series of of uh, nearly impossible tasks for a good dark mage to complete before he's allowed to come home uh so so, uh, uh, you know, uh, entertainment value is 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 high. But like I said, it's not uh, not overtly like slapstick comedy. It's just kind of amusing for those of us who are uh, entrenched in the fantasy genre already, if you will. Oh, that sounds cool. I might have to try it because the last time you you were reading a book, 
I got hooked and then had to binge listen to yeah. all three of them. So Right. So, and then other than that, yesterday I had a little bit of free time and after playing a little bit of Fallout 4, I turned on Netflix and I'm not usually a big uh, stand-up comedy guy, you know? I mean, I don't mind stand-up comedy, but I feel like, especially on Netflix, they have, you know, they have a huge, huge portfolio of stand-up comedy. There's just so much. They, you know, there's so many specials on there now. It's like half the half the categories that I scroll through, even though I don't watch any of those things on there, half the categories that they offer me to look through are all full of stand-up comedy specials. But I scrolled across one yesterday that actually intrigued me, and I ended up watching, because it was a, it was a three-part special called Bumping Mics. And it was Dave Attell and Jeff Ross. Uh, do you know either of those guys? Are you familiar with either one of them? Dave Attell, yes. Uh, Ross sounds really familiar. Jeff Ross is the roast master general on Comedy Central. So he's like the dude who he's like the the like the roast king, you know, he's like the king of insult comedy of in in our generation, you know, Uh, and he's the guy who like he's the last guy to go in every Comedy Central roast that they've held. You know, he's like the the professional roaster and he has like a roast battle show on Comedy Central as well, I believe. And and uh, apparently he and Dave Attell are, you know, longtime friends, uh, you know, came up in the New York comedy scene scene and stuff like that and they recently had a tour where they kind of did comedy together and it was like a stand-up comedy you know uh stand-up comedy show with the two of them on stage kind of just like bsing almost like a podcast you know and uh, and the two of them just sat on stage and bs with one another and made fun of one another ridiculed each other's appearances and you know told jokes and this and that and there of course over the three episodes uh you know it was a weekend filmed at the comedy cellar in new york city uh over the course of the three episodes they had multiple celebrity guests who would show up at the show and they would invite them up on stage and make fun of them for a little while like paul rudd was there they called paul rudd up on stage and made fun of him. He was clearly, clearly drunk at the time, even said that he had had seven tequilas already or he would have left after the first show. Uh, but like Bruce Willis was there. So they, they they talked to Bruce Willis and a bunch of other comedians like Hassan Minaj and Amy, uh, uh, Amy Schumer and um, Nikki Glaser, you know, just lots of different comedians stopped by. And it was it was a it was a really entertaining uh, special, uh, you know, three different episodes. And it wasn't your traditional stand up comedy show so if you're looking for something entertaining to watch i think each episode was like 34 minutes long or something like that and uh, and you're a fan of either or both of those guys it was it was pretty cool so i would recommend it to anybody even if you're not a huge traditional stand-up comedy fan awesome check it out i now that i've seen their faces or seen um um, jeff ross's face jeff ross's face that now i now i remember and i like him Every time, it's- yeah, he's he's really funny on the roasts. I mean, he, uh, and and I was never a huge fan of Dave Attell. Like he was on Comedy Central, I believe it was for a long time. He had that show like Up All Night or something like that, where he worked overnights. And you think that would appeal to somebody like me who spent you know twelve years working overnights. Uh, but he had a show where he like wandered New York City, you know, like overnight, and he would go hang out at different businesses that were open overnights, and uh, and you know. It was just, you know, tell jokes and hang out with these people and BS and learn about their jobs and whatever. Uh, You know, a lot of drinking and things like that. 
but uh, I was never a huge fan of of him or that show but uh i'd never really seen his stand-up comedy too much of it and and him and uh, seeing two guys who are clearly friends like that is always really funny too they play off each other real well almost like a certain podcast right <sighs> anyway <laughs> uh let's see for me i have uh i i got a for christmas from a very <sighs> Very generous, gracious friend of mine. I got a Microsoft Surface Pro 6, the newest one. And I've been using that as far as Ultrabooks go. Because it's a tablet. But I think it's a tablet almost second. It's an Ultrabook first, it feels like. Um, Because I got the i7 model. Uh, the Intel i7 processor. It is super fast, um, very powerful for its size. The i7, unlike the i5, has a fan in it, but I honest, I don't know if the fan is turned on yet or if I just haven't heard it. I'm assuming I haven't heard it because I was using both um, Premiere Pro from Adobe and DaVinci Resolve from Blackmagic Design to edit 4K video on it just to test it out. So I would assume that a 4K video would make the fan turn on because it did get a little warm up at the top. Not not hot, but you could definitely feel the temperature difference in the back of the uh, the, the tablet. Um, so anybody who's looking at them and are, is thinking, you know, I'd like the i7 horsepower, but I don't want the fan. You don't hear it. It's I haven't heard it. And I put my head up to the thing to try to hear it. So, um Screen's gorgeous. The stylus is awesome. The keyboard is top freaking notch. Uh, the, the typing experience on this thing is amazing. So if uh, if you're looking for a new laptop, you don't want to get you know any of the in the new the new hotness that's out there because it's all just kind of too big, too bulky, too heavy, whatever. Uh, check out the Surface line and even the Surface Go. Now that I've tried the Surface Pro and I see what it can do. I'd be really interested to um, hear feedback on what the Surface Go can do and its configurations. And, you know, I wouldn't I would call those a regular laptop, not an Ultrabook, because they don't have as much horsepower as the Pro. But they're still for students and stuff. The Surface tablets, I I think, are the way to go. Um, iPads are awesome. I have an iPad, but uh, having a full Windows computer in a tablet format is just indispensable. That's awesome. Uh, other than that, I went, uh, what was it, yesterday to see the new Grinch movie uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch as the voice of the Grinch. Um, I I enjoyed it. It was a good, uh, I mean, it's the story of the Grinch. You can only hear it so many times before you know what's going to happen. Um, animation style was really good. You know, it's uh, the same type of animation as The Secret Life of Pets. You know, that that movie. Um, same basic feel as that movie, too. Kind of much lighter than some previous Grinches have been. Uh, just all around. You know, like, <clears throat> the Grinch is not feared in Whoville in this mm-hmm. movie. He's, he's just kind of, you know, he's the grumpy guy who lives on the hill. 
you know, so everyone still treats him normal, which was kind of nice. It was kind of interesting to see his interactions with people there. Um, so uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, you can barely tell it's him because he's using basically an American accent. Uh, so that was pretty interesting. But, you know, has has uh, laughs for adults, laughs for kids, a good uh, a good story and a good lesson to be told. So, you know, when it comes out on video, I'll definitely add it to the Christmas movie collection for sure. So uh, Kevin Smith's buddy Scott Mosier did a good job with the film. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like I said, it doesn't doesn't break any new ground, but it is. Right. Um, if you like the story of the Grinch, I don't think you'll have any problem with this one. It was uh, it was a, a very good retelling. Cool. Good for him. Yeah. All right, that's all I've been up to. I've been actually pretty, uh, um, pretty boring the last couple of weeks. Been working a lot. So, all right, uh, that's all we got for you this week, guys. Join us uh, in a couple of weeks for, I dare I say, because who knows if we'll actually put the work into figuring out if it's figuring something out. But it will technically be our Christmas episode. You know, one right before Christmas. I'm putting that on your shoulders, Sean. I'm hands off. It's all you. Right. I mean, we usually come up with some kind of stupid game to play. So yeah, we'll come up with something. I don't know. We'll figure something out. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch us in a couple weeks. Um, Sean. I don't got anything for you. Well, that was just a waste of. Five seconds. That was a waste of five seconds. But that's all right. Not like you were doing anything for that five seconds. You could have you could have ended it all like professional, like you know, like Walter Cronkite or something. But instead, now I, you're just blabbering on. <laughs>